Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this episode, we get to know Eric Wood. You'll hear from Eric and hear him discuss how the gospel has informed and shaped his work life and how the truth of God's sovereignty has made a difference in his life. I trust you'll find this conversation encouraging and strengthening. This week's episode, we have a very, very special guest, dear brother, dear friend, Eric Wood. Eric, thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, we have so many places we could go. I want to help those at Gresham Bible Church that maybe haven't had a chance to get to know you very well yet, get a chance to get to know you better on the podcast, and then some questions to bounce around that I think you're really going to be able to encourage and challenge us. Um, just as a church and what the Lord's been doing in your life. So first, let's start with kind of the high level, and then I have some specific questions I want your wisdom on. So why don't you just kind of paint the picture for us briefly, like tell GBC uh, the story of Eric Wood, where'd you grow up, all that kind of good stuff. Story. I was born in Fresno, California. Dad was a police officer down there. He retired to become youth pastor at a church in a small town in Oklahoma. So we picked up, moved out there in middle school, spent five very formative years uh, in Oklahoma, long enough for the Sooners to get very (laughs) deep down into my soul. Can you drop a boomer on the podcast? Boomer. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, And then I uh, went to school in Southern California, went to the master's college. And it was there that I met a girl from Boring, Oregon. And fell in love, and we got married, and we moved up here in 05, and um, met Virgil and got on the planting team for Gresham Bible Church. We've been here ever since. It's awesome. Charter members, baby. Oh, geez. I need my jacket. You do. That's (laughs) a great idea. Yeah. Maybe for the 20th, we'll get some jackets. Yes. I love it. I like it. it. Yeah. That's so cool. I, I can't remember. Um, so I just thought I'd ask as well, you're bringing it to mind. You were on the planning team. What made you guys want to be on the planting team from Cornerstone to GBC? When we, when we were first married, we lived down in Southern California, um, apart from everyone. And we were part of a young church. It was about, about a year old when we started attending and it was the healthiest, most vibrant church body we'd mm. ever been a part of. Wow. Everyone was involved. Everyone is setting up and tearing down and teaching kids and playing in the band. And it it was a wonderful experience. So when we moved up here and got wind of a church plant about to happen, Mm -hmm. we wanted to be involved with that again. Uh, Be part of the process of why are we going to do this this way? Should Mm -hmm. we do this? That's what we wanted. Nice. Boomer. Yeah. And how long have you been making the Mary? Oh, yes. Uh, last week was our 19th anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Um, last prime number for a while, for those of you number files out there. <laughs> um, my daughter, Jenna, just turned 17. Wow. Last Friday. Yep. A week ago. And then um, 
Elsie is 14. And my main man, Paxton, is 10. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And how about hobbies, things you enjoy? Aside from the Sooners. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I love football. Uh, I love playing drums. Uh, I love golf. Oh, okay. Paxton has gotten into it. So that's been really fun. Super cool. Nice fun excuse to go out, hit the links. Uh, I love pencil puzzles, crosswords and Sudokus and all the fun stuff. Using, using the old noodle. Yeah. Okay. And then um, who's your favorite NFL team? I was just curious. Seahawks. Excellent. Okay. Go Good. Hawks. I just thought I'd get that out of the way. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. All right. They captured my heart when we moved up here to the Pacific Northwest. Dan Stump took me to a few games and nice. boy, once you get up there and experience that. Yeah. It gets down deep in your bones also. I love it. All right. Well, a few questions I want to have on record. Eric Wood's official response to these questions. Okay. okay. You're a man of many talents, one of them being musically. If you had to have a walk-up song, whether that's in sports, your intro music, whatever, what would your walk-up song be? Okay. My walk-up song is probably supposed to be something involving my musical hero, Dave Grohl. Okay. So I would choose Scentless Apprentice from Nirvana. That's just his finest drum groove. <laughs> so good. So powerful. But I know my audience. Ah, okay. So I am going with Just About That Action Boss, <laughs> yes. the remix from a DJ in Seattle. His name is Speculation. Okay. He took the interview oh, that Deion Sanders had with Marshawn the week of Super Bowl 48. Oh, where yeah. Deion asked him, are, are you, you're shy? You don't really like to talk? And Marshawn said, I'm just about that action, boss. Oh, yes, Eric. And this guy, Speculation, put that on a beat, mm. and I have listened to it on repeat I will, many, many times. I will I have, drop this in the podcast. Oh, yes. yes. I have that Excellent. going through my head right now. I've yes. never heard it. That's and the, the best answer. Bonus, if you go to YouTube and search for it, somebody put that song under over Marshawn highlights and it's oh I feel so distracted mm. right now I can't focus on yeah, the rest of we'll the podcast we'll be right back everyone <laughs> yes. so good uh, and then you know I'm walking up to bat and everyone's hearing oh just about that action boss oh, nice, this guy's man. gonna get it done oh you would hit I a might bomb. make a three and throw up the fingers you know <laughs> yes, you might oh, I love that okay all right so how about drumming Mm -hmm. Who is the best drummer of all time? Like you have a poster on your wall of a drummer. Who is it? John Bonham. Mm, Led okay. Zeppelin. Okay. Why? The best drummer of all time. The power, the finesse, the rhythm. Who's just so good. My favorite drummer of all time, Dave Grohl, yeah. previously mentioned, modeled himself after <laughs> John Bonham. Play him as hard as you can, as groovy as you can. Any so yes, John Bonham slash... Dave Grohl. Neil Peart? Rush? Isn't that his name? He is, he's fine if you're. He's more technical, playing right? Drums. Yeah, like in the he had, high he school had, band and you want to be well, he has precise like, mechanically. And he has like a hundred different yeah, things that he'll mess around he's, with. And he's not emulatable. Okay. He's kind of one of a kind. Yeah, and that makes sense. What he did was, is that even drumming? That's yeah. so kind of expert. Bonham. What he did also is not really replicable because he was yeah. so good at it. But the groove, the feeling, the power, I can implement that when I play. Hit him as hard as you can. Right? Nice. 
That's how I like You do play. often drop Led Zeppelin beats, I recognize, during warm-up <laughs> while you're, and while you're going back to Scentless Apprentice. I try it every week. I yeah. have yet to hit it because it, it's just so good. <laughs> I've been looking forward to hearing your response to that question. Okay, That's awesome. Okay. And then how about switching gears? Again, you're a man of many talents. What I'm about to ask, I bet a lot of people at Gresham Bible Church probably aren't even going to care what I'm going to ask, but don't know what this is. And there's no better person, I don't think, to explain this than you. Okay. Eric Wood, what is Scorigami? Oh, yes. Scorigami is a term used for an NFL game that ends in a unique score. For example, say a game ends 14 to 7. You know, that, that's happened hundreds of times, not unique. But let's say it's Super Bowl 48. <laughs> and the Seahawks roll all up over those Broncos 43 to 8. That's a unique score in the history of the NFL. No game has ever ended 43 to 8. So that gets logged into Scorigami. Our man Pete Carroll was on a roll. I think he had 10 seasons in a row of posting a Scorigami. Yep. So it's just something silly and fun to there's a little website I check every week after the games. Ooh, did we get any Scorigamis yeah. this week? And most often we don't, but when we do, it's yeah. Fun times. I love when that's happened and I see you and the excitement on your face. You're like, the scorigami <laughs> happened. It's awesome. Yes. Uh, or if I'm asked to predict a score, yes. I'm always going to choose a scorigami. Well done. Well done. Okay. I love hearing you give your expertise on scorigami. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, how about what's one thing GBC should know about you? I spent a gap year in college in Dallas okay. working for Shepherd Ministries. We did student conferences all over the U.S., and they found a little garage youth band to to be our band for those conferences, uh, a little band called Mercy Me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so okay. I got to tour with Mercy Me for a year That's awesome. uh, back in 2000. Huh. And I'll never forget being in a gym in Toccoa Falls, Georgia, and they played I Can Only Imagine for the first time. Wow. And it was it was incredible. You could tell something amazing just happened. So mm -hmm. it's been really neat to see uh, to see their career take off and wow. to see how the Lord has used that song and uh, Bart's dad dying to minister to to mm -hmm. so many people. Wow. I can only imagine what that would be like. Oh, yes, there we go. Well played. Yes. Oh. Did you cry the first time you heard that song? Like, were you like, yes? This is, I, 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 I was not the only one. Oh no, no <laughs> doubt. That. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That song. Yeah, it you. was. What just happened? Oh yeah, that's kind of the wow feeling. That's wow, cool. That's really cool. That was July of two thousand. Huh. Wow. Man, thanks for sharing that. That's really cool. Um, how about let's transition? It's a podcast, so I know it's like you know shorter. We don't have a lot of time but I don't want this to just have to be a check the boxing. I love asking people on the podcast to share their testimony. So Eric, what would be, you know, your testimony, how you came to know Jesus? Um, thanks be to God. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents loved the Lord hmm. and taught me about him. My whole life had me in church. Uh, I think I was five days old. First time I was there <laughs> and uh, went to church whole life and believed when I was young, we were part of a, 
a denomination called Free Will Baptist. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they really emphasized the free will part of that. Man is free to choose God, so man is free to unchoose God. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I heard from the pulpit, if you die with unconfessed sin in your life, you're going to hell. Wow, man. So I, I spent you know, for my years from five to 13 praying, maybe not every night, but most nights, yeah. God forgive me for something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I did mm-hmm. because I knew hell was real. I knew I didn't want to go there. And so I'm confessing this generic sin mm. just in case I die wow. in my sleep. There's a lot of fear yeah. Involved. Yeah, man. Uh, when we had that move, we moved to Oklahoma. Huge life change from California to Oklahoma. Big city, small town. A lot of upheaval. I grabbed the Bible for myself and I read the Gospel of Romans. <laughs> and I got to chapter eight. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Preach. And the the scales fell off my eyes. I I was saved when I was young. I was freed mm. when I was thirteen. Wow. I I, re, I relate it to Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Mm. He says, "Lazarus, come forth." The dead man walks out of the tomb, but he's still wrapped in his grave clothes. He's mm-hmm. still confined. He's still bound by his old life. So Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. That was the that was the freedom of realizing there's no condemnation. I don't mm-hmm. have to live in fear. I'm in Christ Jesus. So that's when my relationship with my heavenly father became one of love and joy wow. and no more fear. That's awesome. And from um from then on, it was a uh, a, a pursuit of these doctrines of God's providence and God's mm-hmm. sovereignty and election and predestination, all this stuff that I love. Yeah. And w- what I've learned lately in life is the the importance of preaching to myself. Because when, when I'm still and when I'm quiet, there's another voice in there mm-hmm. talking to me. But I need to be the one talking to me. Yeah. Right from Psalm 42. Why are you cast down on my soul? Hope in God. So the hope in God mantra is how I try to live, how I try to stay encouraged and and press on. So Eric, you shared about Romans 8, how foundational that is to you. How would you point us to Romans 8? What in Romans 8 has just been glorious for you to see about Mm -hmm. who our God is? Um, Romans eight is the, it's the pinnacle, of the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. There's nothing higher, particularly the sentence that begins in verse 28. Mm-hmm. And for those who love God, we know that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. 
What then shall we say to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then here we go. Verse 32 is the the peak of the entire Bible. (laughs) He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Amen. Amen. I love that this is an audio podcast, but you just shared that memorized off the top. You're not reading that. That's just there. He read mm-hmm. it from his heart. Yes. <laughs> Amen, man. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's kind of walk through that. Let's explore it. You're a tour guide real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are the glorious mountain peaks of Romans 8, 28 through 32. What just stands out to you from that? How it all builds on each other. All things work for good for those who love God because he has foreknown and predestined them and he foreknew and predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son. And he did that so that his son would have this family, the firstborn among many brothers, and then the golden chain, Mm -hmm. unbreakable links, no dropouts. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. And then Paul can hear us complaining about this. <laughs> what what shall we say to this? God is for us. Who could be against us? And then God did the greatest thing. He didn't spare his son. God gave him up for us all. Listen to Josh's sermon from Sunday, March 13th. Why did Jesus die? Uh-huh. He died because God gave him up. Uh-huh. And God gave him up. And now he graciously gives us all things. That's the good that works together for us. You meant evil. God meant it for good. All works together. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Preach it. Amen, man. I, yeah. Uh, so good to hear you share that. And encouragement, I think, would be for people to memorize those verses. Yes. If they haven't, repeat that to yourself. Yes. Augustine, Martin Luther, Eric Wood, all transformed by the gospel of Romans. <laughs> that's, that's right. There we go. There we go. That list. Oh man. So good. Okay. Um, well, let's, my mind just going a few different places, but mm-hmm. let, let's keep kind of moving forward here. We've asked different people on the podcast. There's lots of ways we could go about this, but I've heard positive feedback that's helpful as a church family to just talk about in regards to, like you said, preaching to yourself, right? You can know certain truths in your, in your head, but then you have to take them off the shelf and apply them and let them have God live in your life and cling to those, right? So specifically thinking of Colossians 1.23, one of my favorite verses, Paul's praying to remain stable and steadfast, uh, that you do not shift your hope from the gospel. You know, whoa, pause, time out, shift your hope from the gospel. So I would love to hear you maybe speak about, share, what does that look like in your life? Maybe it's looked different ways at different times in your life. So whether at a particular point in your life, or even now more recently, like where are you prone to shift your hope from the gospel? And then we'll kind of explore that together. I'm most prone to shift as I fall back into that legalism that I grew up in, that that man-centeredness. I spent all those years trying to work hard to earn my own salvation. Mm-hmm. So I got really good at not sinning mm. or at, a, at appearing as if mm. I wasn't sinning. And I, I can still fall back into that and grit my teeth and try hard enough 
to achieve righteousness yep. on my own. Uh, I'm, I'm good at forgetting my need for mercy and for grace. Wow. And so I need to preach to myself. It's I'm clothed in Jesus's righteousness. So hope in that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Live as if that's true. Wow. Man. Whew. Amen. How about <laughs> when do you, I don't know the best way to say this sounds overly clinical. I don't mean it that way, but when do you know you're off? When are you prone to wander? Does it, is there a gap between when you're wandering and then kind of, you know, the lights, warning lights go off in your soul? Like what's that look like in your inner life? You're saying you're prone towards this. You preach the gospel to yourself. Okay. But what's that gap in between? When do you know you're off? Like, is it just to kind of brainstorm real quick? Is it something internal to you? Is it a certain scripture? It's a Holy Spirit's work, but I feel like that manifests itself differently in different people. Is it your wife lovingly saying, hey, husband, Eric, I think you're off here. Just what does that look like for you? I think it, I will, I'll realize I haven't, I haven't prayed in three days. Mm. What have I been doing? Okay. Or I will snap at a kid and they, and then they give me a look and I'm like, man, where, mm. where did that come from? Oh, I'm, I'm out of tune. I'm out of step. Yeah. Um, uh, hopefully I'm getting better and realizing quicker, but you know, life happens and Amen. things get away from you and yep. Yeah. 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 No, I, re I resonate with your answer. I know we're all prone to it in different ways, but those of us, myself, like you grew up in certain contexts or environments, we kind of got trained how to like perform really well mm -hmm. as a Christian. Right. Yes. And so we can do that and be on autopilot and maybe externally it looks all good, but internally you're not trusting the hope of the gospel. You're trusting in your own righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially as when, when we were young, young married back in early two thousands, you know, these books are coming out every man's battle. Oh yeah. And that's not, that's not my battle. Hmm. I don't struggle with that. Yeah. So then there's a holier than thou oh, yeah. <laughs> aspect uh -huh. of it. But then also almost a shame aspect. Hmm. Like I, I don't struggle that. Can I relate to anyone in, in this? <sighs> so constant daily, yeah. Sanctification journey. Yep. Amen. Until Christ comes, until we go home. Amen. That's one of the backdrops to this question. You're hitting the nail on the head is we're all prone to wander from yes. the gospel. So we're yes. all guilty Lord, of that. I feel it. it. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that as a church family. What does that look like? Where's your hope? I think that helps equip each other and encourage each other, not like to grovel in our, hey, we're all do this, but it helps us uh, pursue Christ more mm -hmm. and to really cling to the beauty of the gospel together. So, yes. Yeah. Um, how about, I said earlier, you're a man of many talents because that is very, very true. I was thinking of having you on the podcast, Eric, like, could you just share, I think it's going to really encourage people. Could, could you share like the quick resume of Eric Wood? What jobs have you done? And then I just want to <laughs> go there. How long is the podcast? I know, this is super long. Like say what you've done for work and then let's talk about like how's the gospel interfaced with that? Because you've, brother, encouraged me along the way. So yeah, 
Jobs of oh, Eric Wood. Goodness. Since when? Since what point? How <laughs> Your far? call. Age 12. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I've worked coffee shops, landscaping, made bath bombs for a while. <laughs> what? Um, and you smelled amazing, fuel. by the way. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Those, yeah, my kids wanted to hug me back then. That was pretty great. <laughs> uh, fuel services. I work in construction currently. I... Ask myself every day, what do I want to be when I grow up? Some people are blessed enough to do what they love. And some people have to (laughs) trust God's goodness. Amen. His providence. My, My family's never missed a meal. We've never missed a mortgage payment. Yeah, we have Disney Plus. There you go. I mean, <laughs> so don't have pity on me. Yeah, right. God yeah. has provided. God will provide. Yeah, looks different for different folks. Yeah, I know this podcast is for you know public consumption, so to speak, so broadly for GBC. But I'd love to kind of press into that a little bit with you because you've ministered to me over the years because I resonate has been my experience a lot too. So to kind of like land the plane to take gospel out of like the theory everybody says they're supposed to believe, but let's connect those things. So you've had a work life where you're faithful to help care for your family and sacrificially give to your church family. Yeah, that's awesome. And yet I know it's been hard for you at different times. What am I supposed to do? What does that look like? So like, where's the hope of the gospel in that for you? Like, honestly, you're leaving work one day and you're like, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do? Like, Where's the Lord met you in that? I think hearing you speak about that would really encourage some people. The hope, the hope is in remembering and realizing that the work is not in vain. Hmm. This is how the Lord is providing for my family. Uh, the, the gospel focus helps me not despair yeah. and not focus inward on woe is me, but Thank you, Lord, for providing mm. through this little construction company. I mean, <laughs> how how cool of God Amen. to fit me into this and and to give me multiple skills, mm-hmm. jack of many trades kind of thing, master of none. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Has there just remembering, if anything comes to mind, if not, it's okay, but I just want to ask you, were there any truths about God, any particular verses that the Lord just kind of kept drawing you to that have encouraged you during those times of transition or times of doubt that were kind of like foundational for you? I I go often to my grace is sufficient for you. Hmm. My power's made perfect in weakness. You know, feeling very, feeling weak, seeing some other people's super successful careers um god's grace yeah is sufficient he has provided he will provide amen that's good amen i can't wait someday in glory new heavens and new mm. earth to look back right and yeah. see how god is forming us into christ christ's image through even those battles of mm-hmm. work and identity and all that kind of stuff so yeah thanks for being willing to share about that you have yeah. been an example encouragement to me over the years so i just want to help provide that opportunity for all of GBC in that. So 
Well, yeah. yes, you, you have been an encouragement to me. Oh, and now here us. you are on the other side. I know, man. <laughs> day, day at a time. Day at a time. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how about I wanted to get a little personal and share kind of a way you've ministered to me and then just kind of use that as a jumping off point just to discuss it. I think it'll help encourage some people at GBC. So get back in the back to the future DeLorean time machine. Go back for me to Carrie and I first coming to GBC 12 years ago. Now we came, we're here a few weeks, thought, man, I think this might be where God wants us to be. Uh, invited you and Megan over for dinner. You were a faithful elder at that point in time, right? And had some questions for you guys. And I'll never forget, probably in just my awkwardness, you were very gracious in your response. But I said, Eric, what would Gresham Bible Church counsel me if I'm in the hospital? One of my kids is in the hospital. You know, doctors don't know if they're going to make it. What's your counsel going to be for me? And I'll never forget what you said. And I was just hoping you could share that with GBC. So that connects one of your answers earlier to actually, how do you live into that? So I hope I said, yeah, <laughs> God is good and God is in control. Amen. You did. We Okay, good. <laughs> I remember sitting in your kitchen in that townhouse over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I love God's sovereignty, rest in it, hope in it, count on it. Um, so I, I love that you remember that story. <laughs> yeah, dude, I do. Cause it, uh, I think, uh, I don't want this to make about me, but I just love how you have, uh, lived into this, encouraged people with the reality of, of how good our God is right. And how sovereign he is that, um, in those moments, when life pulls the rug out from under you. And that my question to you is hypothetical, but man, people live in that space all the time. There's people we know right now going through horrendous things and you don't have to have it all figured out. It's not just like in an ivory tower, you know, kind of disconnected from reality way, but God's sovereignty, the reality of that, like gives meaning and hope and comfort because you know, he's Romans eight going to work all things mm -hmm. together for good to those who love God. You know, so according to his purpose, like he's that kind of God. So I just love how you talk about God's sovereignty, that it's a winsome thing. It's not an academic thing. It's a man, I can't imagine it any other way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Was that your go-to hypothetical question for three weeks into every church you visited? <laughs> no. <laughs> if I I'm know, in the man. hospital or my kid is, what are you going to say to me? <laughs> Go Looking back, I was like, man, that, that was like not a very gracious question for me to ask coming to a church, but I'll just never forget That's big time. Eric's response and it's ministered to me over the years. And so I just, I don't know, just wanted to ask you that again. <laughs> so yeah. All I've right. stolen from Eric a couple of things. Uh, we were doing some youth ministry together uh, in the fall and he was leading our middle school boys small group and he closed every week saying, <laughs> God loves you and so do I. And I have a thousand percent stolen that every time awesome. I close yeah. that, that small group or just other stuff with students too of like, yeah, if there's anything I could leave these students with, that, that's what that. I care yep. about. It. And it's like, just the way you said it every week was like, that. that is a good word. I mean, I, you could end like any service or any ministry we do that, <laughs> get in the podcast with that. That could be oh, our new yes. sign off. Oh, there we go. Just, just yeah. really just put Have Eric Wood's stamp that on yet, Eric? Oh, yeah. I'm about to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I think it'd look great on a bath bomb personally. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, that's God loves awesome. you, so do I, and yeah. so does this bath bomb. Oh, that's yeah. so great. Yeah. Well, how about um, as a husband and dad, 
so I'll give the kind of context to my question or the reason why I wanted to ask you on the podcast is I've been in conversations with lots of different parents over the last year. Parenting's hard. Man, Carrie and I are taking it a day at a time. It's been particularly hard over these last two years for those maybe with some older kids, right? So I just think it would encourage our church to hear you talk with kind of your husband hat on and then your dad <laughs> hat on, right? Like, what are you learning as a dad? And then some follow-up questions. I, I'm learning how damaging and dangerous shame can be. Wow. Uh, I, I think about my kids and one of them just turned 17 and she's almost out of here. And I can focus solely on how much I have failed to, <laughs> to teach her and direct her and guide her. And I can feel so defeated. Hmm. And there's a proper place for proper shame, but I'm talking about misplaced shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm making myself the savior and I'm acting like I'm the one in control uh, as if I could earn their salvation for them right. by teaching them this thing or get that thing the right way. Uh, and I, I read a phrase that has resonated with me. I, I live as if I believe in justification by parenting. Hmm. Wow. And my hope is in God for my future and for my family's future. Hmm. And so I'm so glad that Paul wrote work out your salvation in fear and trembling. It is God who works in you. So yes, I still need to work and teach and look for those opportunities to adjust worldview here and there. But then I rest yes. in God, our gracious father, will will work for our good. Amen. Man, man, that ministers to me hearing you say that right now. Have there been... Like what's helped inform that of what you're learning? It's experiential, but all the, are there also like key truths about God or verses or kind of aspects of the gospel that are highlighting that? Like I'm just picturing in the moment, the gospel's the diamond above all diamonds and you turn it, there's little facets to it. So like, how is the gospel informing and shaping and fueling that misplaced shame idea? Misplaced shame is, is defeated by believing the gospel. Mm -hmm. believing Jesus has forgiven me, believing that all things work for good, uh, believing that, that I plant and we all water and mm -hmm. God gives mm -hmm. the growth. Mm -hmm. It's Amen. putting God back on the throne, doing away with this man-centeredness, remembering God is good, God is in control. <laughs> Amen. All right, we're going to come back to that. <laughs> Amen, man. I totally hear where you're coming from. It resonates with me deeply. I'm feeling, I shared at our community group recently, I feel like my kids all have a shot clock above their head for those that mm. are basketball fans. And those of my kids, similar to your age of your oldest, it's like, man, they're about ready to launch. I have so many regrets as a dad. Mm. And that's not saying that's all bad. I want to grow in faithfulness, but then I'm making it about me. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking my kids like... I don't know, relationship even with the Lord has depended on my work. Mm. How wrong and sick and sad is that? And mm -hmm. so to rest in, yeah, we want to be faithful as dads and plant the seeds of the gospel, but it's God who gives the growth. It's not me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, mm. Yeah. And one of, one of my key verses for sovereignty is Genesis 50, 20. 
you meant it for evil. God mm-hmm. meant it for good. We often think of that negatively, but you can think of it. My role as the dad, <laughs> I did all this stuff that I think is damaging and God means it for good. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Maybe can we kind of unpack that a little bit more? I'm just picturing some dads at Gresham Bible Church hearing this, maybe dads that are around our age with, you know, high schoolers, or maybe some dads, granddads in our church that have older kids that have regret. Like what encouragement would you give in this as dads who maybe are wrestling with regret or misplaced shame, all of that stuff? Anything else come to mind? Yeah. Second Corinthians 12 verse 10 for the sake of Christ, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm-hmm. So recognizing weakness is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then what do you do with that? You Are you striving in a man-centered way to affect the change? Are you resting in in God and the strength that comes yeah. from that, from that hope, that trust, that faith. Amen. I, I'm curious. I'm going to bounce this around with you. To me, that has brought more freedom to mm-hmm. even parent out of that as a dad. Then it's not about me and like having the perfect, like parenting strategies mm-hmm. and reading the latest book. And I'm not saying all that stuff's bad, but it gives freedom in there. Like what is that yes. truth meant for you? Yeah. Yeah, that just triggered her memory. This this past Advent, I brought a I bought a brand new book and was so excited, man. We're gonna read this every day. And just like every year at Advent, you know, day three, we missed because you know, basketball game and parkour and this and that. And in the past, I my personality kind of completionist. Uh-huh. Oh, we can't complete it. I'm done. Yep. Mm-hmm. Throw up my hands. This year, we read day three on day four. And then we read Day four on day six, or yeah, I, I lived in that freedom. Yep, that I'm not going to treat this legalistically. Yeah, that's good. How I want to. Yep, tell <laughs> you, man. No, but let's be free. Mm-hmm. Yes, let's be free together. Yeah, and then it's about progress, and it's not about perfection. Or like, oh, yeah. look yeah. what I have created, or look what I've done. You know. So I just feel like I wanted to hear you speak to that because I think it's really going to minister ministers to me here and you say it, and other dads at GBC because it's like we pendulum between like being a faithful dad means this, this, and this. And again, not that those are bad things. Maybe it's a conference, maybe it's a book, but it like looks some way. Like if you're not having two hour family devotions every night and your kids hanging on your every word. Wait, you guys don't do that? Um, uh, no, I plead the fifth, uh, but like just to land it really practically, what does this look like in the day-to-day life of a dad and how the gospel helps inform and shape like our motivations and all of it. I just love where you're coming from, man. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. There's so much more that I could ask. I feel like I, I mean, we don't want a two hour podcast or maybe we're going Puritan style. We could do a few more things. I'm down. Hey, okay. All right. Eric, general question. What <laughs> encouragements would you give to Gresham Bible church as a founding member of Gresham Bible <laughs> church? You've been through different places. We've met change from Virgil to Josh, different elders, all of it. I can't think of a better person to ask as a GBC OG. What encouragements would you give to our church right now? Continue to extend grace to our leaders. Thank you. I didn't are, pay you to say that, but thank you. <laughs> who are? Why, why are you holding up a sign to say <laughs> <Yes. read> this? 
who, first of all, have responsibility over our souls. Mm -hmm. I took that very seriously Mm -hmm. in my stint as elder and felt the weight of it. Mm. Um, So GBC continue to extend grace. Know they have your best interest Mm -hmm. in mind and at heart. Keep coming to church. Keep giving. Keep serving. If you're not serving, get out there and serve. (laughs) (laughs) And preach to yourself. Hope in God. Mm, That's good. Amen, man. Amen. Amen to everything you said. Thank you for being that candid and feels like we're at a important time as a church. We're all coming out of everything COVID entails. And just to hear you as someone who's been at GBC from the beginning, give wise gospel centered counsel, I think is worthwhile to hear you speak to. So yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, as we wrap this discussion to a close, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. So if it's just one song, that's okay. But what's your favorite song to drum that we sing at Gresham Bible Church? Ooh, that's a good question. We haven't played it in a while, so I hope it's still in the rotation, but it's <laughs> Glorious Day Ooh, by oh, Passion. Yeah. Ooh. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Uh, that's It's super fun to drum, but the message, it's, that's my heartbeat. Yeah. God called our name. And that's that's how we were made alive. Mm, amen. Amen. That's good. I don't think we've done Warren, that. Warren, let's yeah. play that song. <laughs> I don't think we've done it since Dexter. It's a rocker uh, too. It's man. been that's a, a good wild. question. It's a good opener. Yeah. 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 I just uh I know we need to wrap this to a close, but just to say this, I'd say this to you personally, but on the podcast as I'm looking across this amazing podcast setup room to you, it does my soul well to see you up there worshiping, knowing you're shepherding us, encouraging us with the gospel, even as you drum. And sometimes you get like this look on your face, like you're in your happy place up there. <laughs> like you couldn't imagine it. It's like, I've teased you with this, but Garth on Wayne's world, you're like, I like, I to, like play. to play. <laughs> yeah, so, it's true. I love uh, it. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, Gresham Bible Church, I hope this has been an encouraging episode for you. If you have any questions or this discussion with Eric sparks anything that you want to talk about, Uh, feel free to course most importantly reach out to Eric and do that in person get to know your brother or you can follow up with me and that's at mike at greshambible.org until next week love you Gresham Bible Church that action boss you ready to go get it